0: Question on the mind of many in the business aviation community, can your employer require you to be vaccinated against COVID-19? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. As with so many aspects surrounding the coronavirus pandemic, the matter of vaccination against the disease has brought with it a lot of controversy. A majority of Americans support receiving the vaccine. Some even want to make it mandatory. But others are reluctant or even refuse to get it over concerns about the methods used in creating the vaccines, the expedited nature of their development, and the lack of full approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Those concerns aren't necessarily without merit, but what has proven to be a divisive issue among the general population has extended to business aviation, with reports that some companies and flight operations have mandated vaccination as a condition of employment.
1: As an industry, we are really trying to figure this out. With the onset of the vaccine, major questions have arisen as to what do we, as a corporation, or as family office in support of a high net worth individual, what do we do and, and what is the right thing to do and what can we do legally? But I think more than anything, what is the right thing for us to do that was Cheryl Barden,
0: CAM and President and CEO of the recruiting firm Aviation Personnel International. Also joining us is Dr. Michael Wolf, Senior Associate Consultant in the Division of Preventative, Occupational, and Aerospace Medicine at the Mayo Clinic, as well as a Senior Aviation Medical Examiner. Dr. Wolf, let's begin with the question that I really think is at the heart of most concerns out there what is the difference in testing requirements between a vaccine that's been approved by the FDA and those like the COVID-19 vaccines released under emergency use authorization?
2: I appreciate you asking this. This is a a very common question that we're hearing these days. From a safety perspective, a, a vaccine that's been approved under an emergency use authorization has been through most of the phases of safety trials to include uh, at least two months follow-up of the vaccination regimen. That was at the time that it was initially improved. In these cases, uh, the volunteers have been followed for serious adverse events. There's been review of quality and consistency in the uh, vaccine manufacturing. And with uh, emergency use authorization, one of the things that they're they're still developing are, are some of the other subgroups, things like teens or children, that may not be uh, available but they want to start moving it towards market because the, the benefits of using the vaccine outweigh the risks uh, before it gets to full approval. And I think that it's, it's notable here, particularly as time is going on, that we're, we're in a position where uh, many of these vaccines uh, have been used very, very broadly already um, we have given over 1.3 billion doses of uh, various vaccine products. I think we have over 300 million people that have already received two shots. And we're, we're now about six months out from when we started uh, administering this. So there's a considerable amount of data here. We don't yet have everything that we want. Obviously, we're still developing uh, information for small children and a few other groups. But so far, we're, we're seeing these to be very, very safe with uh, very rare side
0: effects. Cheryl, I'll come back to you on this, given your perspective on current goings-on at many flight operations. What are you seeing throughout the business aviation community regarding these vaccinations?
1: I've taken and watched a number of different informal polls, and I would say there is nothing formalized out there as to what business aviation, and I would really say my focus has been on what is Part 91 especially business aviation, doing in relation to this. And what I can tell you is that I think a very, very thin percentage, certainly less than 10% of our organizations today are requiring proof of a vaccine for their flight crews and or their passengers. There certainly are some entities that have said, you're not getting on this aircraft or even maintaining this aircraft without proof of a vaccine. But that is few and far between. I think mostly what we're seeing today continues to be that we have testing protocols for our crews and our passengers. And those testing protocols are ranging from what I've seen of testing on an every 48-hour basis to testing before each flight to testing only once we know that someone who might be associated with our flight department or be a passenger has been exposed. So I think really and truly we are continuing to rely more on testing today than we are on a guarantee of vaccines. From what I can see, a majority of those who are associated with our flight operations, especially those who are active crew members, those individuals have come forward proactively and said, I'm going to go get that vaccine. The, The major thing is, though, that most organizations have said, we would like you to get the vaccine. We're hoping everybody gets the vaccine where we are today. We are not going to mandate it, nor are we going to ask you if you have had the vaccine.
0: I'm also pleased to welcome aviation attorney Greg Rigel with the law firm of Shackelford, Bowen, McKinley, and Norton LLP to our conversation. Greg, looking at the regulatory side of this issue, what does the FAA say about vaccinations and, in particular, the status of a pilot's medical qualification after receiving a vaccine?
3: So the FAA hasn't taken a position in terms of whether a pilot should or shouldn't or does or doesn't have to be vaccinated. Uh, Its position is that if a pilot or airman is vaccinated, that the airman has to wait 48 hours uh, before engaging in safety sensitive uh, conduct, flying an airplane, for example. So its position is more uh, reactive than proactive. But you've got the overall prohibition on operations during medical deficiency under FAR 61.53. So to the extent the FAA has not specifically addressed a vaccine. And even in addition to the COVID-19, you've got that overriding regulation that says, to the extent that you're in a situation where you're, you know or have reason to know that you're unable to meet the medical certificate requirements for the certificate you hold, or that you aren't able to perform consistent with your medical certificate, then under that regulation you would also be prevented from exercising privileges of your airman certificate
0: and that 48 hour time frame after receiving a covid-19 vaccine assumes you don't have a reaction right now i felt a lot better 2 days after i received my second moderna shot than i had 24 hours after receiving it but even then i don't think i would have been quite fit yet to operate an aircraft
3: yeah and that you know that can be a tough decision where you've got a pilot Who's you know who has a trip that's been assigned and they're you know just waiting for that 48 hours to to run so that they can do that flight uh, and there's pressure from the employer etc. I mean you you really do need to still make that personal assessment to make sure you're compliant and you're safe.
0: Does the agency address waivers from taking vaccines for medical or other reasons,
3: Greg? No. The FAA takes the position that it has set forth the requirements for medical qualification and uh, you either meet those qualifications or you do not. Uh, Now it will, having said that, you know, there are options for obtaining waivers when you uh, have certain medical conditions. But I'm not aware of any waiver or any other authorization the FAA has considered in connection with uh, vaccines or COVID-19. They basically treated it as, you know, flu or any other uh, illness where to the extent that you're you're, you're suffering symptoms or, or have that illness, if it prevents you from meeting the qualifications under 6153, you know, you shouldn't be flying an airplane.
0: We'll have more in just a moment. But first, this word from NBAA.
3: NBAA Flight Plan listeners, if you value the expertise you get from your weekly podcast, we've got a way for you to get answers from experts live. Our NBAA Newshour webinars give you access to the best operational, legal, technical, and other guidance for business aviation. Participate today by visiting nbaa.org/newshour. We're back
0: now with Dr. Michael Wolf, Cheryl Barden, and Greg Reigel and our discussion about employer mandates for business aviation personnel to receive vaccinations against COVID-19. Greg, can you now provide a legal perspective on refusal by an employee to receive a vaccine?
3: So both the EEOC and OSHA uh, permit employers to require vaccines. But beyond that, then you have to look at various issues that arise if an employer does mandate vaccine. For example, under the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, you've got issues you have to address there. You also potentially have issues under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, all of which impact how that mandatory vaccination requirement may be implemented, uh, what accommodations you may have to allow an employee. If an employer does require vaccination, they're permitted to do that. But by doing that, they're really opening the door to uh, quite a few uh, legal issues that could be presented in terms of implementing that program and how they get the information they need to confirm whether employees are compliant with that program. The other thing I would, uh, I guess, mention is, you know, to the extent that an employer is going to require vaccinations, and certainly in the aviation context, that makes some sense when you, you may be conducting operations to other countries that may be implementing a vaccine requirement. You need to be careful how you do that and make sure that you are asking the right questions, not asking the wrong questions, and that you've got proper guidance for how you need to implement that program so that you're not running afoul of either the ADA or Title VII.
0: Dr. Wolf, what's your position on those who have concerns about receiving a COVID-19 vaccine?
2: I take it very seriously, and I, I want to make sure that I listen to everybody's individual concerns because they come from, from different positions, some due to specific concerns about safety, some concerned about their individual side effects, some about the way that it's been tested, or perhaps the way it's being communicated. And we. we particularly find that in, in, in some communities and some uh, cultures throughout the United States and, and frankly, globally, where we haven't done as, as good a job of communicating this uh, as I think that we could. And I, I hope that we're starting to respond to that as a medical community. But I would say that I'm a tremendous supporter for universal vaccination. I would recommend that those in the aviation industry consider three things. First, being in the transportation industry, and particularly because people in this business may be in contact uh, with people across regions and borders where the the prevalence of COVID and also the the different strains of COVID may be different, they are really at the front lines and risk being being exposed to people with COVID-19 every day on the job. Second, I would say that protecting you also helps protect your family the people that you work with, and who are your passengers, especially those who may be at higher risk for severe illness from, from COVID. And finally, you as our patient, as the individual in the aviation industry and receiving a vaccine, you matter, and you play an essential role in keeping the community healthy. The newest data show that being vaccinated can prevent 97% of severe and life-threatening infections, not to mention preventing against long-term, if not permanent, symptoms that can arise from less severe COVID infections. So uh, I try to sit down with with anybody who has any concerns and make sure that they understand some of these considerations. And I really hope that they will go out and and get vaccinated as soon as they can
0: especially since it does really look like our world is finally starting to open up again.
2: I certainly hope so. I I worry that we're in a a somewhat tenuous position here, uh, particularly if we don't get more vaccinations going. We're sitting in a spot where I think we are guarded from another big wave, but it's not impossible if we don't get uh, closer to more widespread vaccination use. And certainly other countries are, are still at significant risk. So it's still going around the world very quickly and very, very
0: scary. So Cheryl, how do you think we'll see this situation evolve in the business aviation community in the months to come?
1: You know, Rob, I think that's the big question that's out there is what is going to happen in an international operation, when and if a vaccine is mandated to enter into a particular country. And that I think is where things are going to become a lot more challenging to say, if I need to go to Europe and Europe is requiring proof of my vaccine, now what does a company do? If an individual says, I'm not going to get the vaccine, Therefore, my job as an international captain, I know that my job is to fly this airplane to said location, but because of health conditions, I cannot do that. Now, how does the company handle that individual? And I think there's a lot that will be figured out as time comes. You know, and it is very interesting because as we know, in order to enter many countries, you must have a yellow fever vaccine. And proof of that. And that never has really seemed to, other than very, perhaps a very thin margin of the population, has never seemed to pose issue. But there is a segment of the population that does not believe that this is the right thing for them as an individual to do. And they will change jobs because of it, if their company requires it in order for them to do their job. So. I think it's just such an incredibly personal decision and an extremely hard decision. And what I hope is that it is not a polarizing issue within a small group. And I think that's where it's going to become very hard. You know, let's say it's a small flight department, eight or 10 people, and eight of 10 are, are vaccinated and two aren't. That can can really begin to cause some schisms. And I think as a as a manager and a leader, it's a whole new set of very personal problems and issues that will need to be navigated.
0: Even as we continue to rebound as a country and an industry from COVID-19, such questions will continue to be at the forefront of discussions for some time to come. To keep track of the latest information available about business aviation in the COVID-19 environment, visit nbaa.org slash coronavirus. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes in Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan.